Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here again with our coach, Chris Helwig. She's part of our coaching team here at the CICC and has been doing the work for a very long time. And she also shared in our last um, podcast that she also is a parent of a child with special needs. And so she brings that perspective to the table and also to her coaching when she's out in the field. And Chris, we're going to continue our conversation about creating that inclusive environment And our last time we talked about acknowledging those differences and modeling as adults that acceptance. But now as we talk, let's look at really the physical environment and really what do you need to have in place to create success for all kids, but to really send that message of acceptance and everybody is welcome regardless of their needs and abilities. What are some things that come to mind for you? Um, Yeah, I I agree. I think there has to be um, some environmental things taken so that we can set all kids up for success. Mm -hmm. Often when I go into a classroom and there may be a child with special needs and I look and this child is at the table, trying to um, color or eating, um, and their feet don't Mm. touch the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk a lot about that, that we need to have our feet or this child's feet touching the floor so that they can uh, have better balance and have more success than as far as fine motor. Yeah. Um, Those are things we talk about a lot. Um, Things throughout the environment as far as books, yeah. depicting all kids of all abilities, right. um, posters, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So when that child looks around, they think, oh, there's somebody that looks like me or that, ha- that uses crutches like I do or walks with a walker or just it plays the same way that I would play in this setting. And going back to the feet on the floor thing too, Chris, and I love that you bring that up because I think that when you think about your own self as you are doing any task, stability is so important. Very important. And when you think of a small child trying to balance on a chair without having the stability of their feet being planted on something, the amount of energy that they're putting into holding their core straight, it does make it really challenging to do anything with their fine motor. It does, yes. And we do find much improvement once we have that stability. Right. It's almost like you can see the light bulb go on of, oh, now I can concentrate on what my hands are doing. Right. Not what my trunk is doing, trying to hold myself up or mm-hmm. trying to find my feet on the floor, right. um, we can concentrate on the task at hand at the table. And do things more independently, which is the goal yes. is to try. But there are th- times too when you as the adult need to ec- that extra support. And I think we don't want to um, pretend like that doesn't happen. There are at instances where a child with a un- with unique needs with a special need might need some hand over hand support and looking at the environment and I know that you do this in your coaching kind of stepping back and saying when would I need to be sure to have a grown up nearby that child what are the activities throughout their day where they would need some added help how can I help this provider plan for that right and and a case that I think of when you say that is I'm working in a 
um, site right now where the child is a little smaller. Mm -hmm. So when he goes to wash his hands, we want him to be as independent as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's able to use the stool, but then the soap is very far back. Oh, yeah. It's uh, attached to the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talked about, you know, we need to get something so he can do this independently. So whether that be an individual little bottle of soap that he can reach. Mm -hmm. So it's often just a very simple accommodation to make sure that all children can be independent and most importantly, be successful. Right. And I think that that's something that our coaching can do um, as far as just can, that our coaching does in settings is provide that extra set of eyes. So when you walk in, you're looking at that classroom setting or that family child care home, um, and you're saying, okay, what are those tasks? So you're noticing, oh, that's why maybe there's some behaviors that happen before bathroom time because there's frustration. Or maybe that child spends a lot of time in the bathroom and doesn't get through the process. Well, now we know because you're able to be there to say to that provider, oh, you know what? He can't reach the soap. Oh, let's figure out how to switch that around. And, And building in those little adaptations, as you said. I think that when we look at inclusive environments as well, treating those um, make, making sure that there are rules in place for treating everyone respectfully, um, not making fun, not calling names. That's a tricky line, I think, for those um, providers who have never cared for a child that maybe is a little different than the rest of the kids in their group. And so they are unsure themselves about how to approach it. And so that's another thing that coaching can help with too. And I think, what are some things that, I mean, do you have any examples of um, situations, and I know I could pull some from my head too over the years, of just how you can help providers answer those questions or um, set the stage for success of acceptance, kind of going back to a little bit of that modeling, but what are some things that come to mind for you, Chris? Well, I think of uh, comparing it to what we may help another child with. So if I'm helping or a teacher's helping a child, um, maybe it's with eating, mm-hmm. and they another child says, why do you have to help him eat? I often would just say, well, he just needs a little extra help eating, like you needed my help today tying your shoes. Right. Often that's all kiddos need. Yeah. And that makes sense to them, mm-hmm. and it explains that, and a child level, and they're fine with it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think with inclusion that I think is so important for us to all remember is that it benefits all children. Very good point. Um, and in that situation that we just discussed, I think we just taught that child who is developing typically about differences and right. how it's okay. Mm-hmm. And we just make those accommodations and we move on with our day. Yeah. And I think, too, one thing that when I was early on in the classroom I used a lot was, oh, he's still practicing that. He's still practicing. Yes. She's still practicing. Just like, you know, your example of you're still practicing tying your shoes, so you need my help. Or you're still practicing pumping on the swing, so I'm going to help you by giving you a few starter pushes. And wow, then look at how much you can pump. It's it's just equalizing kind of the playing field so that we're all practicing something. And I think reminding children in your group too that you're practicing things as a grown-up even. Right. You're not the expert at everything, even though you're all grown up. Um, and I think that that kind of takes us into the next thought that we were going to share today is 
about answering those questions that kids have simply, clearly, straightforward. You know, and you gave you gave great examples of that, Chris. Just why, you know, why does she walk that way? Why does she talk that way? Why is her coloring like scribbling? And I mean, and and I think that there are just that that confident way that you respond, and the way that you're modeling through that response. It's okay. We, right. We're all part of this group. We all have things to share. Yep. And I think it goes back to acknowledging those differences, being open, honest about them, and then us as the adults modeling yeah. that appropriate reaction, that right. appropriate behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And allowing kids to also explore through their play. So having some things, you know, there's some of the um, pieces of equipment that some children use that may need uh adaptive equipment, those are really expensive. It's not like you're going to put those out and say, everybody have at it. But what is fun, I think, if a child does use extra equipment, let's say a walker or crutches or a power wheelchair or something, to let them be in control of who gets to try it or how they show it off. or So it's, it's really other children learning from that child who's right. using those tools to get around. Yes, and I think it then takes away the stigma of yes. different. Right, yeah. And it becomes more typical yeah. within their environment. Yeah, and this is just a tool that he uses so that he can get from over there to over here. And isn't that cool how it works? And he can use his own you know, hand to make that work. Um, this has been so helpful, Chris, and I really look forward to hopefully having you back again to talk about this further. But um, for those of you who are looking for some help on the in the area of inclusion, give us a call. We have wonderful coaches who can help you walk through this. And we also have a tip sheet on our website that um, addresses these same things. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.